0: Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westcar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast, and on today's episode, we're talking to Belinda Rosenblum. She is a money strategist of uh, Own Your Money. And she helps busy female coaches and experts sustainably scale their revenue and profits by leveling their financial systems plus strategies and stepping into the CEO role. And we have a lot of interesting topics that we talk about today. I highly recommend you just listen to it because it's going to help you just understand the basics of how to handle the revenue and profits in your business plus how to scale it and how to plan for whatever is coming when you're actually launching. So stay tuned. Okay, so one quick note before we get into today's episode. Now, we all know creating content takes time, but it'll be more effective if you already have mapped out your entire launch so that you know exactly what needs to be done, by when, and by who. Now, if you want to have a stress-free launch, all you have to do is sign up for a free map out your launch mini course so that you'll have a solid launch plan for your next launch. Now, you'll find the link in the show notes or you can go to www.kenwescar.com forward slash launch plan. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry? Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Wesker and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. All right. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesgar, and today I have Belinda with me. Welcome, Belinda.
1: Thank you so much. It's exciting to be here, Ken. I have definitely we- said to myself, oh my God, I'm launching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you are not alone. I believe that a lot of people will be saying that. <laughs> sure. uh, today we're going to talk about a little bit about money um, in sense of how we can, um, you know, connect that to the revenue that we're doing in business and all that. Um, And I would love for you to just kind of start off by introducing yourself, obviously, and uh, tell us who you are, who you help, and how you help people. And then we can kind of go into how you got to where you are today.
1: Sure, sure, I can. All good. Um, Let's see. So in terms of who I am, so I, um, I live in the Boston area. I run a company called Own Your Money, and I help... Busy, in-demand female coaches and experts sustainably scale their revenue and profits, which we're going to talk about today, by up-leveling their financial systems and their strategies and really owning their role as CEO. What I find so much of the time is that they're working so hard. I literally just heard from a woman like an hour ago, and she was like, I feel like I'm working my, oh, I don't know, can I say, ASS off, and... <laughs> um, and It was, she was just like, I'm just tired. (laughs) And I think that, you know, there's so many women who, and you know, many of us are moms and we have like lots going on in our lives. We're working really hard and we're trying to get to this, you know, 75K, 100K. And then we get here and we're like, wait a second. Like, how do I grow from here? Because I can't Mm. put in more hours, Like that's not going to work, and they feel kind of maxed out. They start to hit a plateau. They start to self sabotage, and then that's really where I can come in and help them figure out like what are the levers that they can pull so that they don't have to do all that hustle, but that they can still make more revenue, but also make more profit. Because a lot Mm. of times they're growing so fast, and that's what was exciting for me to come on this podcast, right? Where you're helping people launch because you can make money so fast, and really in an unlimited basis launching.
0: Like I came from corporate.
1: There was nothing unlimited about my income from corporate. Like my (laughs) bonus was structured. My pay was structured. You know, it was like, I kind of knew where I was going to cap out. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, I sort of made my initial money, like the self-made millionaire part in investing and real estate. It was not from my main job. Whereas we can make this huge amount of money once we learn how to do it. You know, once we understand how do we set up the financial systems to support our growth, so um I'm so passionate about it because I've seen so many um, women hold themselves back because that growth doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. so I mean, they don't feel like I can really grow and be with my family or I can't grow and still have a life or I can't you know like they we make up a lot of reasons why we can't, and so um I've really taken it on to support. Um, to support women in that capacity.
0: Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So- <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> so how have you managed to get to where you are today? Obviously, you've gone through a lot of this stuff yourself. Uh, I know that you did focusing a lot on revenue versus profits. Why don't you share a little bit about that as well?
1: Sure. So um, let's see. I'm trying to think. How far back in the story should we go? Um, <laughs> Way back. Well- <laughs> when I was six, I started counting the pennies in my piggy bank. No, not that far back. But, um, I mean, I was an accounting major in college. I, I like did bookkeeping even like that was fun for me when I was in high mm-hmm. school. Um, and then I, I went the, the traditional corporate route, you know, in terms of going into like big accounting firm stuff. And, um, but what rocked my world initially was when I was 21, my dad had a stroke, and I was put in charge of the money, almost like the family CFO, and I was 21. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know what the heck I was doing with money. Yeah. So let's just be most, clear. Like, most like,
0: 21 years, 20 years don't know. No,
1: and I could, I could do the, like, debits and credits and, like, the big company accounting, but big company accounting is way different than personal finance. And P.S., it's way different than small business finance, too, so we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, but I... I like got super overwhelmed trying to take care of his care. My sister was at college. I had just graduated college. My parents had been divorced for years. And so I kind of band-aided things together. But then a few years later, stuff had gotten significantly out of hand. And I found myself like with three huge stacks of bills and mail when I collected everything around my house. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh my gosh, like, I am not owning my money. It is absolutely owning me. And I literally had this panic attack sitting at my dining room table, figuring out like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get myself out of this? And it was very unlike me because on on the outside, on the front, I was this totally put together, A player, top of my class, like at work. And then this is what was happening behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was my kind of come to Jesus moment, which is funny because I'm Jewish. But, um, but that was the moment where I was like, okay, something's got to change here. And I took the next six months, essentially, I reached out, I got help, I cleaned everything up, and I started setting up systems. And Mm -hmm. a whole new mindset to money because I realized that I grew up with a lot of scarcity. My parents got separated when I was seven, divorced when I was 11. Money represented a lot of pain for us. So I had to go through a lot of my own work to be able to now teach this, but just Mm -hmm. to be able to get clean with what we were doing with our personal finances. And so that was my like... I guess uh, the shame that I carried around from that avoider story definitely helped me when I decided that I was going to leave my corporate job. And I lived a year of eat, pray, love, essentially. And I traveled around to Costa Rica and I volunteered there and I backpacked around India. And for people who are high performers like me, we really have tied our worth to our work. So when Mm -hmm. I left my corporate job, and it'll be interesting for you now, right, leaving corporate to go do this thing, like for you to really see how you get to redefine yourself now as an entrepreneur. And so for me, it was just redefining myself not as a corporate controller, which was my role. I went like auditor to be a controller. So anyway, now flash forward to I'm 35 as I said, I'm a high achiever. I had my my midlife crisis 10 years early. So I basically have this whole like midlife crisis. And I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? And then that's when I started Own Your Money. And I realized that I didn't want to go back and keep going the corporate route, but that I had something to give to really inspire people to want to look at their money and to be able to see money as the tool that it could be. So I started this business. Now I'm in 2007. My family and friends think I'm crazy. They do an intervention within a month of me launching my business. Oh, really? And, oh yeah. <laughs> so good luck, right? I mean, basically they got me in a room and they were like, "Are you sure you want to leave your like healthy six-figure job to go do this? Like business owners don't make money right away." And and I was like, "But I'm going to be different." Well, So now year one, I actually made 65K of revenue, which is quite good for a year one business owner. And what else happened in 2008? A recession, Mm -hmm. right? But Mm. I was the one that was well poised to help people with money when that was their challenge. Literally, I was Mm -hmm. on the five o'clock news here in Boston on the day of the federal bailout, like the day when everything went down. And so then I was like, okay, I'm on a roll here. You know, and I will say that I had this like a few months at the beginning of the year where I was like, "Okay, I set up a shingle. I set up a website. People should just come to me. Mm -hmm. This is a little another one of those rude awakenings that you have as an (laughs) entrepreneur. And you're like, the phone's not ringing. Like, why is that? What do I need to do differently? Right. So I, I got my act together, created some solid offers. Right. And started putting myself out there more. Now, year two, I was like, "Okay." You know, I I want to make more money. Like I I was used to this 150k salary, so how could I go make 150k running a business? So then year two, I actually grossed 155k, which is a big deal, right? In year two of my business. However, I was listening to all the coaches that just said focus on revenue, and that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I hadn't yet differentiated between 150k salary and 150k business revenue. Because the big difference there is that you have business expenses to go against the business revenue. Whereas when I was in corporate, it was kind of the opposite. They paid a lot of my expenses because I was traveling all the time. (laughs) And, you know, like I didn't have a lot of expenses. I didn't even pay for my own food a lot of times because I was traveling for work, you know? So now I have all these expenses to go against 155K. And I look at my financials at the end of the year. And I, I think I had just hired a bookkeeper that year. And I nearly fell out of my chair because I grossed 155K and I netted 3K Mm. for me.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And so, and it was like I made 150K, but yet I personally didn't make that. And fortunately, like I had said, I had real estate and I had actually become like a quote, you know, self made millionaire at 33 from the real estate and the investing that I had been doing because I'm a bit of a saver. (laughs) <laughs> and an avoider, as I shared. But um, but my real estate was helping to pay my expenses. But I I wanted this business to make me some money. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna buy into what all these coaches were saying. Where and this still happens now, you know, over 10 years later. Like it's so much focus on revenue that there's not enough understanding of how am I managing and planning my cash flow so that I get paid you know, as the business owner, right. And that I get to grow the way that I want to grow. So I made some major changes in that year three and I, um, I reworked my team cause I was overpaying my team. Literally, I feel like everybody else was getting paid and I wasn't in the process. I'm like, <laughs> I am an important member of this team. I need to get paid too. So I, um, so I started to make some changes then in terms of having the team work on different things. um, I was on the press a lot. So I was having my assistant and this was another dating myself, but it was before WordPress, if you can imagine that time. And That's so, time, um, yet. yeah, it was like, <laughs> 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 I mean, you're talking 2007, right? Started. So eight, nine. So it was like 2009, um, when this happened. And, <clears throat> um, so everything had to get updated by her. Cause I couldn't go in and update it. And I was like, wait a second, I have to get more efficient, right. With her time. And mm-hmm. I have to really like, recognize that when she's spending time, she's also spending my dollars. And am I getting a good return on investment for the dollars? And I, I also raised my rates in there. So it's partly why I preach like really charging your value. We can chat about mm-hmm. that if you want. But um, I even have a little workshop I did is just this easy starter thing because people need to be able to raise their rates. They need to have confidence around the value that they're delivering and the rates that they're charging. Mm-hmm. whether it's one-to-one or their group program as well. Um, then I what was the third thing that I did. Um, oh, I hired a coach too, so that I could bill out for the time she was working because I was getting to capacity and I still wanted to grow. So I hired somebody else. This was in my personal finance days. I hired somebody else who could take on some of those clients and then I could make money on the time that she was working too. So mm-hmm. punchline year three, I grossed 256 K in revenue and I took home almost a hundred thousand dollars of profit in that third now, year. No, we're talking. Right. So yeah. yeah. Now, you know, so you, you ask like, why do I care so much about profits versus revenue? Because nobody told me and I want to make sure that no one's making the same mistake that I am where everybody else is getting paid and they're not, you know, and they're mm-hmm. looking around like, well, wait, where did all that money go? And I think sometimes what's happening is that we are preempting problems. So we're taking programs, whether it's marketing or business programs that are a little bit ahead of what we actually need. And one of the things that we need is we need to be able to get our finances in place. We need that infrastructure, but sometimes we're just growing so fast that we don't create it, right? We don't necessarily have the bookkeeper and we don't have a sheet that will help us be able to project and create a profit plan and all of that. And so Revenue and profit just end up feeling like happy accidents. Oh, I made money this month. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I just want something better, something different for our women out there.
0: Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be complicated, difficult, expensive, anything like that. This is manageable at small levels and higher levels, especially for entrepreneurs who's just starting out or even doing less than 100K. It should be possible to get this going and actually make a profit and having right. control of it.
1: It it totally is possible. But what happens is that no one ever teaches us this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and I think a lot of people have this big should on themselves. <laughs> I, I I saw it in the personal finance world too, right? Where it's like, they see their neighbor, they see the Joneses and they think like, Oh, they can get that car and they can do this thing and they must know what they're doing with money. And I don't. So they layer on some shame on top of mm-hmm all of the other stuff that they're learning in their business. And then they're like, well, I can't ask anybody about this because apparently everybody else knows. And I'm the only one that doesn't know, mm-hmm. right. That they, they don't know how to create consistent revenue. They don't know how to actually understand how to create a profit plan, like how to track their money, like what bank accounts to set up, how to allocate their profit. Like some things that they start their business because they're passionate. They're, they're great at their expertise, but they never learn the money side or the business side of running the business. Right. And so then it's like, because it can be straightforward and at different levels, I give different suggestions. Like if you're under 50K, we can likely do a really like a fancy spreadsheet for you to be able to track. But once Mm -hmm. you're really over 100K and bookkeeping isn't your zone of genius, we have somebody else do it you know, like I'll help you hire a bookkeeper. And then mm-hmm. you still need to know though, what do the numbers mean? Like, what do I do with them? How do I pull the levers that I need to? And the other thing, a little PSA for everyone to go and look at their financials themselves is that a lot of times accountants and bookkeepers will only give you one big revenue number because that's all that the accountant needs to report it to the tax authority. Is how mm-hmm. much revenue did you bring in? But it is very difficult to run a successful business not knowing your revenue by revenue stream, for instance. Right? So the categories that the accountant needs to report it to the government are likely different and much more summarized than the accounts that you may need to run your business, starting with revenue being one of the most important ones.
0: Mm. So having a, you know, basic knowledge of where is my revenue coming from and understanding that, you know, expenses do happen and you need to know where your expenses are going.
1: Right. And, and for you to review them, I'd say even review them, you know, quarterly or monthly Mm -hmm. in terms of really looking at like, am I getting a return on investment for the money that's going out the door? So because you've listened to this, right, go and look at your last credit card and be like, am I getting any subscriptions or am I still a part of some memberships that I don't pay attention to? Just like I, Mm. most people when I used to work with them on the personal finance side would look at their cable bill and fell out of their chair because they're like, <laughs> "Oh, I thought Showtime was free and I thought HBO was free and why am I why is my, you know, uh-huh. cable bill $250?" And it's cuz those things were free or there was some promotion that they thought that they were getting that has run out. So now all of a sudden they're paying mm-hmm. way more. And then they make a phone call and then before they know it it's back down to 100 where it should be and they're saving $150 a month. And I always have them look at it and say, okay, wait a second. If you're saving $150 a month, right? What is that over the course of the year? Because I think sometimes Mm. we're, we're, we become too short-sighted. Like we're only looking at the month, you know, and to say like, wait a second, for every hundred dollars I'm saving, right over a year, that's $1,200. So if I'm saving $150, I'm saving, you know, uh, $1,800, like that two grand would fund a vacation, you yeah. know, that two grand could <laughs> fund half your Roth IRA, you know, that you want to put in or something. So so I I want people to feel like they can be in control, like they can be confident that they can have more security with their numbers so that they can make better decisions, so that they can take risks in their business. Because that's what we need to do as entrepreneurs. It's usually the risks that we take that yield the biggest return. But yet we end up being so afraid to take any risks because we don't really understand our numbers well enough to know if we have the safety net to support us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so yes, exactly. people definitely can do it. And just at different levels, we'll give them a different money system to support their growth.
0: Mm-hmm. And obviously there's a difference between, you know, maybe people who are making 10 to 50K and then you have people who make 100K or, you know, Beyond that, mm-hmm. how how do you see – how is how are they running the business differently in terms of, you know, having control of everything?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's a great question. I think what happens is that your priorities will be different, right? So when you're in those lower levels, your priority is generally revenue, right? You just want to be mm-hmm. making the money. But that, understand that we still want to – we – we want you to have this idea of like, what is going to be the business model? How do I want to be making the money in my business? So like, if you're at, I just had this conversation in DM with somebody and she was at like 2k of revenue and she wanted to be at 5k of revenue a month. But the mm-hmm. thing was that until it took like 10 back and forth DMs to get that information out of her. Right. And so it's like, you want to prove to yourself that you can handle the money at this level that you're at So that you become a good steward of having a lot more money, because Mm -hmm. if you don't feel like you're a good steward at that 10K or 30K level, right, then you'll essentially start to self-sabotage when you get out of that comfort zone for yourself. Either you won't do the follow-up, you won't be as effective in the launch because you won't be aligned with the potential level of success that could come from the launch because you're like, gosh, I'm a mess now. You know what I mean? Or I don't have my stuff together or whatever is like the term that you use. Like I, I never judge people because I mean, I've shared, I got no place to judge from, you know what I mean? Like I've been through the, the, all of it myself, um, I think that's why I have a lot of compassion, right? When people are trying to figure this out. But we want to have you set up the systems now so that you can grow. I, I have one new client that she just took our cash flow CEO program in the fall. Now she was year one, 50K, year two, 500K. Oh, wow. All from launching. Like, mm-hmm. first launch was 50 people, next launch was 250 people. Most recent launch when she was working with us, 647 people. Amazing And so amazing, right? And she has like a super specific niche of like um, helping orthodox women create more intimacy in their marriage or something. Like, I mean, super specific. Do you know what I mean? Like when people are so worried about niching down, like her audience knows that she's going to be able to help them, you know? And, but all of a sudden she just grew really fast. You know what I mean? So now she has to be able to handle that growth. And mm-hmm. so she was like, oh, my God, I so wish I met you a year ago. So I could have set it up when I was a smaller business. And then now it's just like working that much faster to get it done. And what I'll say, though, is that once once we got things organized, right, and really like God or the bookkeeper setting up the team, because that's a big question, too. People need to be able to afford team and they're hesitant. So they just keep doing it all themselves. But once you know that you can afford team, now we're getting her some more help. So now she's finally launching the next program that she had been putting off for the last nine months, maybe longer, because she didn't feel like she had the back end of the business in enough of a place to grow, you know, to keep doing it. So literally in the last two weeks, she's signed up 170 people for this next program, Right at like $347 a piece. So that's like 60K or something that she wouldn't have mm-hmm. made had she not invested to just get her money handled, right? To set up the financial systems and the team that she needed and start to be able to plan to be able to move forward. And I think mm-hmm. that we don't put together that we when we don't have the um the foundation that we need, we don't realize how unconsciously, we put our foot on the brake. Like we think we're putting our foot on the gas and we're moving ourselves forward. But actually, if there's some of us that's afraid of not being able to manage that growth, we slow ourselves down. That's when we start to hit those plateaus. So part of the difference is that you can hustle your way to 30K to 50K, even to 100K. But it's really hard to hustle your way to 200K and 300K. Mm -hmm. Because that's where you really feel the strain on your family. That's where burnout kicks in. That's where, you know, you stop sleeping, where people like need to just escape from their business, where they quit their business. Like, I don't want that, you know, or, or people plateau, right? They mm-hmm. either like start to decline because they're like, I just can't keep going this way or they just get stuck at that like 100, 150 level. And the interesting part is that it's all so related, you know, like, like when people come to me and they're like, gosh, my offer isn't selling. I I did a digital program, you know, I've been listening to Amy P's podcast or, you know, even listening to Ken's podcast and, and I don't know why I'm trying to launch. And, you know, it's like, why isn't this working? Well, a lot of times we source it all the way back to their confidence in the value that they're creating you know, to their own clarity with their emotions and do they have the right mindset and Mm -hmm. making some tweaks to the actual offer in terms of what they're charging for it, in terms of is it really irresistible enough? And I'm thinking of Becca. We made a few tweaks to her one-to-one service and we raised the price and we made a few tweaks to her program. And she went from zero people enrolled in one of her launches to eight early birds Like within a week of opening up the early bird doors, like three weeks before the program was even starting. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's all so interrelated and we think we can compartmentalize it. Like we think that, oh, I can just go and do this launch. I can just go and like do this marketing thing. And it's okay if this other stuff back here. I'm not very proud of, you know, or that I don't know, like there are a lot of people and everyone should think about this right now listening. Do you know what your revenue was for last year? Do you know what your profit was for last year or even last month, you know, or year to Mm -hmm. date? Like there are, you know, way too many people that come to me and they don't know the answers to that or they don't have like a quick place to look it up. It's one thing if you don't know off the top of your head, but I want you to have a place that like you can go and you can look because the reality is that you will never be nearly as successful as you can be until you know your numbers. Like, just think, I was just talking with somebody um, today actually about Sarah Blakely, right? Because she was, um, you know, just on the cover of Fortune and she just a few months ago basically sold Spanx for $1.2 billion, in case you don't know Sarah Blakely, right? There's a B, you know? And so it's like, you know, would Sarah Blakely just say to her team, You know, like, just go sell whatever you want at whatever price you feel like charging. And you know what? Purchasing team, just go spend whatever you need to spend. It's okay. Like, don't worry about how it comes out. We'll just figure it out. No, (laughs) like that (laughs) wouldn't happen, you know, and I can tell you what else wouldn't happen. She wouldn't be the first woman billionaire, you know, if she Mm -hmm. had that kind of a laid back approach to how she was managing and planning her numbers. And yet that's what, what we do on a smaller scale as small business owners. And so we are not going to ever get to the level of success that we can get to when we have that kind of a, kind of a voider, do you know what I mean? Or like, I'm just going to focus on all this stuff over here. That's more fun and sexy. And I'm not really going to deal with my money. Whereas I see money as like the tool that's going to help you go, go do all the things you want to do. Right? Like. Money is about options and choices, you know, and being able to create the opportunities for yourself and seize the opportunities that are in front of you. But you can't do them if you feel scarce, you know, if you're not tied to um, if you're not close enough to understanding the money and the numbers in your business and really beyond understanding, knowing how to use that information in really effective ways. Right. To Mm -hmm. be able to continue to grow and scale.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that we are basically we are the bottlenecks in our business if we don't see how we can scale the business in terms of, you know, putting ourselves to the side and letting somebody else come in and kind of do the things that you shouldn't be doing, basically.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, you have your zone of genius. I'm actually re-listening yeah. to The Big Leap now, um, if you know that book. Mm-hmm. I, it should be like required reading for entrepreneurs. I have a handful of books. That's one of them that should be. And um, I I mean, when I was first starting the business, I, I read the book. I read it again. I had it next to my bed. I would recite The Big Leap mantra because there's a lot of expansion we need to be able to do, right? And mm-hmm. one of the things is we have to be willing to spend time in our zone of genius, but it's so easy to spend time in our zone of competence, in our zone of excellence and yeah. in our zone of competence. And because it, it's safer down there, you're not taking the same kind of risks. It's like if you're working in your business in the mailroom, that's way different than sitting in the CEO seat. But what happens is when you're busy doing the customer service and the answering emails and all the social media posting, that's where all your time is going. That CEO seat is open. Like there's nobody up there setting the vision for the company and creating that profit plan that you need to create and deciding the future of your business. So there's no choice, but for it to feel super reactive, you know, instead of intentionally growing, we are like stuck in chaos and mm-hmm. then we're surprised and we're like, but I can't scale chaos. It's like, <laughs> exactly. You know, and that that's what we forget. And then we wonder, well, I, why can't I grow? Well, it's because we never took the time to create the systems and the strategies and really own that role as CEO. Mm-hmm. So that's what yeah. I want to help people with. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Love it. Um, so obviously, launching is a good way to scale your business and, you know, get mm-hmm. that business running. Um, how do you handle that growth if, Like you mentioned, you know, your client going from having, I don't know, was it 50K one year and then go to 500K 500K the next year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: that's really fast and it's easy to kind of, I don't know, get overwhelmed by the fact that you, things are growing so fast.
1: Yeah, totally. And I mean, that's a luxury problem to have, right? How do you manage the growth? Um, We we would all love that. But it's important
0: to deal with it.
1: I was going to say, it's so important actually to think about that though, mm-hmm. right? Because when we don't, then we end up um, blocking ourselves because we don't feel aligned with making that goal happen, you know? And I think that happens a lot. Like when people say, oh, I want to get to 150K or I want that 100K launch. Well, you have to first sell yourself. On that offer, you need to Mm -hmm. first sell yourself on yes, I can handle that 100k launch. And we've had it to the point where, like, okay, if we get this many people, we're good. If we get it this many people, we're gonna have to bring in these coaches. And we've done Mm -hmm. that before, so we have accountability coaches for our programs to really have people follow through on them for some of the higher level programs that we have because people want to get things done, but they don't really want to be held accountable to get it done, but they want to get it done. So we have accountability coaches. And so we'll phone coaches ahead of time and say, hey, we might need to call on you to be able to support the growth. So you need to know what levers you can pull to support the growth. So I'll give you one like super easy example for this woman that I was sharing. Right. So all of a sudden, When it's 50 people, she can handle like the, she calls it happy hour, but it's like a call in line where she can handle the questions. And I said, but you can't do that anymore. Because what was happening is she's trying to do this in one hour with one person and it's just frustrating the heck out of everybody. It's like the worst hour of her whole week. She's like, it's not happy at all, you know? And I'm like, well, that's, what's another, what's a better alternative? Right. And I was like, okay, what, how can we best respond to, their needs without it being you so what we created instead was it's three other experts that show up to that hour we set Mm -hmm. it up where people know okay extension two is this person three is this person four is this person and then they they can go in queue so they'll call in they'll press the extension they'll be able to talk to the person right but it's not her she's like Mm -hmm. off having dinner (laughs) you know (laughs) and these three people are managing it and we even like made it, I said, the key thing is that it has to feel like an upgrade to your people, right? So, so we have like, you know, a rabbi, um, a rabbi, a priest, and a, no, I'm just kidding. It was a, a rabbi, um, a therapist, you know, and a coach were the three people. So depending on what kind of advice they wanted, they could mm-hmm. get that advice for themselves, right? But so sometimes it's also knowing what are the things that I can do to be able to support that growth. And from a money standpoint, at least fundamentally to know that you have the payment processing set up, you know, you have the zaps between different things so that when somebody orders, it will send them access to the program that you want them to have access to. Right. It's like just working out some of those things ahead of time so that as the numbers scale, you can handle that. From Mm -hmm. a financial standpoint, though, in terms of how can you manage the growth, that's also a big deal. So we need to figure out ahead of time, like how much money do you want to be pulling out right on a regular basis? And we want to be able to set that up. And that's where profit plans can be really helpful because without it, you end up feeling stuck in bank balance decision making. Essentially, what that means is the only way for you to know if you can afford something is if you have money in the bank, (laughs) you know, and it's like that doesn't really work. Because after you do a launch, a lot of times the next month, you might not have a lot of cash coming in. Like you have payment plans, but you might not get the big influx like you just did Mm -hmm. in the launch. So you need to be able to manage the money that you're bringing in. And so that's why having a profit plan is so helpful so you can, and a profit allocation so that you can decide, okay, this is how much I wanna make sure I'm paying myself, this is where I'm gonna park the extra. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I'm going to manage that extra from my reserve account. And I know like I have someone else who wants a house fund. Right. So depending on how this next launch goes, we're going to put a chunk of money into her house fund, into her profit fund, you know, and just being able to have those um, higher level conversations is what I have to teach what I call our cash flow CEOs. So many Mm -hmm. people start out as this like cash strap solopreneur. You know, they're this like employee in their own business and I really want to elevate them so that they can feel like the CEO, but also have some of that CFO understanding, right? To be able to have that cash flow before they need to hire somebody and put them on retainer because then that becomes another expense. I want them to be close enough to the numbers first before they have to bring on a fractional CFO or a virtual CFO at all.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that fact that you're actually planning for, you know, that you might actually get X amount of people and you actually have to a plan for that because then you're ready for it when it actually happens. So, and you don't really, I mean, even if you get to a level where you need to hire in some coaches or whatever, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you need to hire in full time, obviously. It's, you know, can oh, you no, come no, in no. and get a coach for that yeah. one hour call that we do? Twice a month, maybe. Like that's it. That's right. all you need. You don't really. Right. Need. So totally. that makes it a lot easier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you just want to think about that, like with your goals, right? So, I'll normally from a launch standpoint, I'll have people set like good, better, best goals, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, usually the good they can manage with their current team and then that's fine, yep. right? But then as you reach to the better or the best, are there any other resources that you're going to have to bring in? And mm-hmm. usually you can bring those resources in at still a nice profit but it does help to be thinking about that ahead of time.
0: Yeah. And then you will know what your expenses are in terms of that, if you get to that level as well and Mm -hmm. know if if it works.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just a Mm -hmm. little PSA, like track your launch expenses, because that's really what you need to be able to look at launch profitability. Um, Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, you know, you'll see the big influx of money coming in, but you also want to, again, why a profit plan is crucial that you also want to, get that sometimes you have to front end some of your launch expenses. Like if you hire a copywriter, if you hire somebody for Facebook ads, sometimes those can be a whole month or two months before you're seeing any money, any revenue Mm -hmm. for that launch. So a profit plan can help you plan that in so that you're not like, Oh wait, uh, my credit card's (laughs) maxing out. Like what am I going to do about this? (laughs) Right. So we want to be proactive about managing that, um, the cash flow to, you know, the, the big cash flux that can come in for sure. Um, but also, you know, it ends up being this like cash flow roller coaster, essentially, you know, of like money in, no money in, money in, no money in. Right. Mm-hmm. But you have to be able to manage that so that you can sleep at night. Yeah. That's important. <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. You should yeah. know when, when you're on the low end of the cash flow and what you need to do in order to keep or maintain that Steady cash flow, obviously. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I actually have a really good resource that would be helpful now that you mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I should tell them about it. Um, so so we have a um a resource and it's still free for right now, but it's this great guide that I created of the five best ways to create consistent 10K plus cash months. Because a lot of our 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 coaches are having some peak months, but they're not consistent about it. So I'm giving you five different ways with something like 17 different examples of case studies so you can see, okay, this is how I can stop leaving money on the table and really start feeling secure about paying myself every month and really hitting my monthly revenue goals even when I'm not launching. So I give you some really great resources that I think will be helpful if people are trying to figure out, okay, how do I smooth it out? Because I always want your baseline expenses to be covered by your baseline revenue. So Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we have consistent 10K month. That's the key word there because a lot of times people might have this spike and then they wonder like, can I maintain this? And they freak themselves out. And so I don't want this to be a a stressful thing. I want this to be like, look, this is how I'm making my money and this is how I'm going to be able to maintain that. And then on top of that, I have my launches that'll give me my extra cash flow to more of the fun things in life you know? Exactly <laughs> to do, to take that mastermind that i want to do or you know to do the the extra things that they want to do in their business mm-hmm. so
0: i would yeah. love to chat um you know even longer with you about all this but I know, time is time running flies. out so awesome, man. <laughs> but do you have any other resources that you want to share with the uh listeners
1: um, I, I think that that's the main one, right? The five best that's ways to create yep. consistent ten k plus cash months. That's it's like a thirty page guide. Um, I would encourage you to get on our cash flow CEO program wait list. Uh, we are we've totally reengineered the whole program now to make it a longer. So it was five weeks, more of a DIY program. This is a little behind the scenes on launch, launching. Um, and we've been. Uh, doing that program for the last two and a half years with tremendous results for our clients. But it was starting to get unfulf- a little more unfulfilling for me as the business owner, because I wasn't seeing everybody implement it the way that I wanted to. So now mm. what we're looking to do is extend it to more like four months. So I'm not just teaching you, you need to have a CEO mindset, you need to have the money systems in place, you need to have a profit plan to scale, you need to create the support system for yourself. Now I'm actually supporting the implementation. For all of our cash flow CO students. Right. So I'm so excited about that. That's going to be happening soon, too. Um, so I'll give you the link will be in the bio. Yeah, for that we'll too. link
0: up everything in the show notes. So, yeah, in the so show that.
1: notes for sure. And um, yeah, and I mentioned the confidently raise your rates workshop. So if you know that that's a thing for you. And then I also have one that if you're more at the starting point, because I feel like you, you might attract a wide variety, Ken, I have something called get smart with your business money. So if you feel like you're at the more of the starter stage, and you're just trying to understand this whole conversation, and what accounts do I even need? And why do I, why am I not understanding? Like, just get me into action, Belinda. That's like a really affordable low ticket workshop that can really get you started. So that's the scoop. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, how can people reach out at you and connect with you?
1: Oh, I would love for you to reach out to me on Instagram. That's like my platform of choice. I am at ownyourmoney on Instagram. Send me a DM, take a picture of you listening to this podcast, share it. Um, I'll reshare it and share you with my audience because I feel like we all need to lend a hand to each other, you know, and to share the wealth, literally, when we find Mm -hmm. resources (laughs) that are helpful. And I know just even one tip that you heard today could really make such a difference to the growth of your business. So. Over on Instagram and I'm on Facebook too, of course. But um, that's the best bet. And um, yeah, I can't wait to connect.
0: Awesome. Um, thank you again for coming on the show, sharing your expertise, and um, you know, just teaching us a little bit about how to have control over money in the business. Um, and we'll catch up again next week with everybody who's been listening in. Uh, take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God I'm Launching podcast.